What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Floor Mike podcast. So our hope for this podcast is really that it would be a place where stories can be shared, where passions can be discussed, and where genuine connections between people can be made. So while every episode is going to look a little bit different, we just hope that each one can be used to grow us and help us take another step towards him. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to episode two of the Floor Mike podcast. So um, full transparency here, we did not plan on this being episode number two of the podcast. Uh, to be honest with you, we started recording um, about three months ago at this point. Um, and due to scheduling, due to logistics, we, we kind of took the month of December off because of the holidays. And then January, we kind of got... Uh, we, we didn't do much recording in January. And so, you know, here it is the end of March now. And, um, this thing called coronavirus, uh, has now, has now become a thing that we are having to deal with, that we're having to, to live with. And so the episode that you're about to listen to is really just a conversation between Joe and I, um, talking about, basically how this thing is impacting our lives, uh, talking about how we're feeling about it, um, the thoughts that we have around it, and basically what does it look like for people who are followers of Jesus, people who um, are trying to put their trust in God right now in this time, what that looks like for us. Um, and so really, it's just a conversation between Joe and I. Uh, we were even talking about how at times it, we forgot that we were even doing a podcast episode and it just seemed like we were on a phone call because a lot of this truly is us processing our thoughts, our emotions um, for the first time. So what you're about to hear, um, that's kind of the story behind it. So uh, hope you enjoy episode two and hope you're able to find some comfort in this and uh, hope it benefits you. Yeah, the the things that I've read recently in the last five minutes definitely had a different tone to them than a lot of the things that I had read um, that I've been reading previously. Like, I feel like most stuff that I've been reading was like, you know, really hopeful and really mm -hmm. like, hey, I think we're we're ahead of this. And even though it's gonna, you know, suck and it's gonna be bad, and you know, people yeah. are definitely gonna get sick. Like, it'll be okay. But then. I read those other things and it's like, oh, this could be a lot, lot longer than we thought. And then For sure. this thing's going to come back like in the summer, it's going to go away and we're going to think we're OK. But then, you know, if it's like other pandemics, it's going to come back in the winter and that's when it's going right. to really be bad. And so I'm like, my gosh, like, you know, it's just like, oh, man, like so like from a movie. Right. Well, and so um one of the things that I've been looking at, so I've been purposely staying away from news articles because, like you said, like a lot of them have biases and different things like that. And here's the other thing. Like we have never, ever, ever seen anything like this in the modern age. So like even back when all the plagues kind of came around, you know, even polio and stuff, we didn't really have access to real time world data like we do now. Like right. I've had three web pages open the last week. Um, the, the, the CDC, the Ohio Department of Health, and then the World um, Health site. And I just kind of keep refreshing those. And I think one thing that has happened in the last 24 hours that I think has people panicked and maybe why they're turning away from hope kind of thing is because so 
China's numbers were a lot higher and they were on the steady decline. And in the last 24 hours, they kind of jumped again, which is going to happen. I mean, you're going to have little spurts here and there. And it's, but it seems like ever since they jumped, people have been freaking out again because everybody was talking about, oh, well, China turned a corner and all this stuff. And then they started freaking out because their numbers jumped a little bit. And it's just, I think that, I think that really has people freaked out um not to mention now 168 countries are affected which you know wednesday of last week was only 108 so i think it's just we knew this was coming by everybody's speculation that all this was you know gonna gonna kind of flare up a little bit here um but i think people are are just really starting to dig into those numbers and people are starting to feel this isolation now and so people's negative stuff's going to start coming out. When in reality, as I heard one guy say the other day, he's like, you know, we've never seen anything like this before. It could last, you know, another year, but it also could last another couple weeks and then it starts going away. Like people are going to start building antibodies to this and it's going to start going away. And our, our immune systems are going to realize what this is and be able to fend it off quicker and different things. He's like, eventually it will be fine. And he's like, also we may come out with, you know, vaccines and, and cures and those types of things. He's like, you know, and it was just somebody that was kind of encouraging people to read news headlines and take them at the grain of salt that they are because of news head news organizations that need to stay in front of people right now. You know, they just, they, they all feel like, well, we need to be, the experts on the coronavirus when there are no experts on the coronavirus. <laughs> right. They don't that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's what, man, that's uh we're definitely not used to that, you know, just that 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 sense of unknowns. I mean, don't get me wrong, there there are and, you know, as you and I believe, there are tons of things in this life that are unknowns. I mean tomorrow is unknown. For, but for sure, yeah. not everybody not everybody really, really feels that way and really, you know, lives their life in such a way that they really believe that tomorrow is an unknown. Um, you know, we, and I think we all are very guilty of, we, even though we believe that sometimes we still, we put our, we put our trust and we put our treasure in kind of the plans that we make and the plans that we have. And then, you know, something like this happens and we're like, you know, I think the most sobering reality of all of this truly is what you just said and it's that nobody knows nobody right. has the exact answers to what's happening here i mean we have really intelligent people don't get me wrong really intelligent people who um you know devote their work who have devoted their life to things like this and to infectious diseases and the the scary thing is even they don't know everything there is to know like this is a brand new thing and so when you when you start to you know put those pieces together that okay not only is this new to me and it's affecting my life but the people who usually like know how to basically stop it and know how to um prevent this from like basically drastically affecting us they don't know how to do that. I mean, it's 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 obvious that, you know, I I remember getting so frustrated 
when this first came out, which, you know, when we talked that way and it really, it was, it was basically a week ago that stuff started yeah. to get a little bit more serious. And it feels like it was at this point, geez, like a month ago. But I remember when people were comparing it to the flu and saying, oh, it's just a glorified flu. And I'm right. like, the flu doesn't cause businesses to shut down. This flu doesn't right. cause, cause schools to shut down. Uh, this is yep. definitely something different than the flu. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Which, you know what? Last Monday, I was one of those people. I was telling a coworker of mine, I was like, man, every couple of years this happens. I can remember all the way back to Y2K and there was mad cow disease and bird flu and swine flu and all these things. And I, I, just, I was going off on this tirade of, man, this happens all the time. <laughs> and this is just going to be another one of those things. And then it was like Tuesday afternoon that I, I like started looking at it and I'm like, oh, and I turned around to my coworker that I was talking to and I was like, hey, remember all that stuff I was saying yesterday? Disregard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what Anna was like, too. And I and I think I think everybody's I think it it, it probably shed some light on people's personalities, which is just I would say that, you know. Maybe you do, maybe you have more of a positive personality, and I have you know maybe I'm more of a cynic. I know I'm a cynic. I, I really do. I know that I am. But Anna was the same way. You know, she was she was the same way as you. She was saying like, you know, this is ridiculous that this is happening because there's a gross overreaction. I actually have texts still <laughs> from uh, her family chat where we were all talking about it, and everyone was saying this is just such a gross overreaction. And you know, now it's like. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we actually underreacted and should have been doing this sooner. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I think that that was a, uh, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't, I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier. I don't think we can truly like blame ourselves too much for underreacting because especially here in America, we have gotten so comfortable with the fact that whatever else is happening to the world isn't going to happen here because we are so protected. We've built this fortress around us of all these smart people and all these capable people. And we just rely on ourselves so much that I I just, I I don't think that we ever think that it's going to happen here. And I, I just think that's the, that's the case. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I think that I think that that's the biggest part of of the fear and the sense of panic that's happening right now is the fact that you know we're just getting hit with the dose of reality that we are truly humans as well. We are right. we are truly just as human as the people in the countries where um you know, there's extreme poverty, where there's starvation, where there's right. where there's war, where there's you know, it's, it starts to bring to light all these different things. That's like, you know, wow. Well, if this can happen to us too, you know, what else can what else can happen to us that sure. we never we didn't think could? You know, it starts to kind of bring these bring these other thoughts to light, which is, you know, like I don't know, just it starts to it starts to uh, really really allow us to to put in perspective the fact that being a human um is is something that you know we all are humans i guess and and it's just our circumstances that are different but at, at the heart of it we're all human beings and uh 
we've just been really lucky throughout our lives to have sure. extremely um, fortunate circumstances. And now those are being taken away. Those circumstances uh, are just being shown. It, it, we're being shown that they just don't matter. That it didn't matter who, what kind of family we were born into. It didn't matter what kind of school we went to, what kind of job we have. We are not right. immune to this. No, no pun intended. Right. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I'm sitting here. I, like I said, I have like the Ohio Department of Health web website pulled up, and you look at the counties, and like I was halfway expecting to pull up this map and be like, okay, it's probably just all the big cities, but no. I mean. Yeah, the big cities are on there, but I mean, if you think about it, our big cities in Ohio are in three counties. That's it. Mm -hmm. and, and there's 38 counties that are affected. And I mean, some of them are way out in the sticks, like Coshocton. Like, no offense to anybody in Coshocton, but it is like... <laughs> I have never out, heard of Coshocton. <laughs> exactly. It's way out in, in like central, central eastern Ohio. And it, like, there's nothing out there. I mean, it's just all farmland. And mm -hmm. so like, it doesn't matter. Big city, country, wherever it's at, I mean, it's affected. And so like you said, this is kind of just leveling the playing field. It doesn't matter. You know, there's there's millionaire basketball players with it, and then there's people that live paycheck to paycheck that are getting it, and it, it doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, I I like how you put that. I mean, it it doesn't care. It's it, this is not something that this is not something that uh, <laughs> you know stops at the stops at the doorpost of every family and and asks you know. Oh, this family makes this much money, or this family uh, has this big of a house. This family is this race. This family is whatever. It's just, man, it truly, it is, it is, uh, it has no regard. Um, but you know, I feel like so to kind of, to kind of turn us in a little bit of a different direction. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking for the last couple minutes basically just about what's happening right now and uh just so we can document this this is everything that's happening as of march 19th 2020 at 10 15 p.m so just so we have that to kind of look back on um you know this is the state that we're in right now so i guess let's ask the question what do we do with that? And I, that is a very big question, mm. you know, and, and it's, it's not going to be a question that. Let's not talk about that can, question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's shy away from that question. <laughs> but I mean, ultimately, you know, we do need to, to face that question of what do we do with all this? What does, what does, what do we do as humans with all this? What do we do as people who believe that there is a God that's in control of all this? Like mm. what, what do we do with all this? Yeah, I think that's I think that's really good. Um, I've seen some really good things being like, well, said amongst text messages and different things like that. I'm I'm not really on social media, so I haven't seen them on there. But and then I've heard some good things. Um, one of the things that I think um, was most profound to me um, was actually, you know, it's times like this where. Um, the people of God aren't allowed to go into a building and congregate. Um, it, it's up to us to um, make sure that we show people that church was never about a building. Um, church is about community. Church is about relationship. Church is about loving on people. 
uh, caring for people. Um, and I think, um, those, those kinds of, of things are what we need to cling to in these kinds of times. Um, just to show people that that old stagnant picture of what a relationship with God looks like is, is so far from the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, you know, it, it, uh, and I don't want to be cliche when I say this, but I think it, it is a perfect opportunity to quote unquote, live out our faith, you know, totally uh, cliche. is, is, as much yes, as, as cliche as that term is, and as often as it is used, um, you know, this really is a time where I think that I think because of the fact that, like we said before, there are so many unknowns with this. I think people are looking to anyone, anyone who has a level of peace, anyone who has mm. a a different kind of uh, just outlook on this whole situation for comfort. I think they are looking to those people in, in one looking to them because I think as humans, when we are in situations where we're uncomfortable, we look towards what's going to make us comfortable. Um, and sometimes that's the wrong thing. Sometimes that's the right things. But I think in a situation like this, um, if, if, if people can look around and see, that there are people who who aren't losing their mind, who are taking it very seriously and recognizing that it's real, but who also have this level of security and this level of, of sanity even that things are going to be okay. Even if this thing gets nasty, even if this thing gets rough, like that things will ultimately be okay. But the tough part is how do we show that even in the midst of there being fear present in us, you know, and this is something I struggle with. um, And I would love to hear your thoughts on it, Joe, Mm -hmm. but I struggle with this all the time, but especially in a time like now, you know, we, as we, as uh, people who, people who believe that there is a God who is in control and, and that there's a God that loves his people and that loves this world. Sometimes, you know, there is fear there. There is a little bit of worry. There is anxiety. You know, we're, we're, we're called to, to cast those cares on him. We're called to, to basically not worry, to not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow we'll worry about itself. But in situations like this, I mean, I'll be honest, it is definitely a little bit harder to just to just completely cast those away. So, I mean, I know this is this is a big question too and I'm uh, you know, neither of us really have the ultimate uh the, the the best answer, I guess, but like what would you say how would you say we respond in a situation like this when those fears are maybe I don't want to say more legitimate, but they're more understandable as to why they would be there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like you said, I, I don't have the, that all figured out. Um, I've, I've, I've thought of a a couple things, um, through the years, but, um, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is, um, I think everyone as humans is going to be shaken. Um, and I think everyone as humans is going to be shaken to the core at some point, but it depends on what your core is. Um, so for instance, a believer 
their core is going to be um, the belief that there is a God who wants good for us, that wants um, to uh, bring us into a full understanding of who he is and he is love. Um, and so there's going to be all of that at the core where a non-believer, there's going to be things that they've, they've thought of um, or other people have thought of and told them. Um, but it's all going to be um, very earthly bound. And, and, and the reason I speak to that is because, I mean, I've been there in my life. There, there was a time where, you know, I, I, I tried to formulate my own, my own beliefs. Um, but what I kept coming back to is those beliefs had a beginning and an end and it was all here and I needed something bigger than here because as we see right now, it's slammed in our face every day. Um, earth, this place that we have to live is very, very fragile. Um, and so when I come back to that, I think we're all going to be shaken. But when I'm shaken to my core, it stops there. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't keep going. It doesn't, it, it doesn't allow me to implode. Um, there is, there's a backstop and that backstop is the fact that I, I can lean on. Um, there's a God who wants good for me. He loves me. Um, sometimes he has to, um, allow me to go through hard things. Um, but you know, as a dad, I think of my eight year old son who I have to allow to go through hard things sometimes so that he learns from it. Um, because there's some things that we as humans aren't going to learn by somebody telling us that we have to experience for ourselves. So I think that, that that's a big key thing for me anyway, as a believer is just coming back to the fact that the core of my belief is that there is, there's someone that is much bigger than any of all this that doesn't have a beginning and doesn't have an end. And that means that he can't be shaken by coronavirus or nuclear war or, you know, Armageddon, whatever you want to, <laughs> whatever you want to throw out there. I mean, cause at the end of the day, this isn't going to be the last thing that affects humanity. This is not going to be the thing that wipes out humanity. There's going to be something else that comes along. And so I think it's important for people to kind of stop and go, yeah, what, what do I cling to? What, what is there that I cling to? That, what you just said, I think might be the, the best advice that I have heard from anyone thus far <laughs> um, in regards to the exact question that I asked. You know, I've, I feel like I've heard a lot of different people, um, you know, give thoughts and not that they were bad thoughts, but I, I really like what you said about about you know just being shaken to our core, but then finding out okay what's at my core, and, and I think that's exactly what we have to do right now is is ask that question like okay what's at my core what's what's not only what's at my core but you know what's <laughs> what's protecting my core what's what's keeping my core mm -hmm. from from not being shaken and and I loved what you said too about you know the thing that is at the core of me at the core of you i mean is it's not here like that's that's the words that you used you said it's not here it's not mm -hmm. it's not grounded in something that is here in the midst of this chaos it's not it's not grounded in that chaos 
but it's grounded in something that's outside the chaos. Not to say that God is not present with us in the chaos, but that it's grounded in something that is outside of chaos and inside of peace, grounded outside outside of something, um, outside of um, just havoc and inside of something that is peace. For sure. And honestly, um, you know, well, thank, thank you for the, you know, telling me that that was the best answer. That's not from me. Um, that's, that's from, that's from, um, I, I truly believe from words spoken to me from many, many, many times of being shaken to that core, uh, over the course of my life. And, um, in those times it's where, you realize as a human, you need to shut up and listen. Mm. And uh, <laughs> when you do that, um, God definitely speaks to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so another another thought that I have had, and I know we we just talked about something that was relatively relatively big. You know, just what we do with all of this. Um, yeah, and and this kind of continues along that along that theme, but. One thing that I feel like is kind of striking me in a big way and in a deep way with all of this is um, the fact that we are being forced to be still. Uh, Earlier today, I actually, uh, every Thursday, I have a Bible study that I do with some uh, coworkers. And, you know, typically we're doing that in the office, but we're not in the office this week. And so we did that on, uh, we did that on a Teams meeting. And so, we're, we're talking and the guy that usually leads the group um, pointed us to Psalm 46 and, and it's the verse, it's the Psalm that basically, uh, I think it's verse 10 actually, has the verse that says, be still and know that I am God. Um, I think, I think that's it. I could be grossly misquoting that. So anybody who might be hearing this and looking that up, don't quote me on it, but I think that's what it was. Um, but anyway, like, you know, that concept of being still. We are horrible at that. I mean, we are so, so bad at that, especially in our American society where everything is based on production. Everything is around increased efficiency, increased production. Um, And I think right now what we're seeing is we are truly being forced. um, and, And in a lot of ways, you know, I'm not sure if it's by God himself or if it is just the circumstances that God is allowing to happen. I mean, either way, I think that God is using it to, to slow us down, to reorient us and to, to change our perspective ultimately. Um, you know, I think about, when you look in the old Testament, I think about, um, texts like in Leviticus, when it talks about uh, the year of Jubilee, and I don't know all the details Mm -hmm. on the year of Jubilee, but what, what I, what I think I know is, that it was every seven years, I want to say, that the land was basically supposed to not be harvested and all debts were supposed to be forgiven and people who were servants were supposed to be offered freedom. And it basically was a, was kind of a reset. It was, uh, you know, it was almost, it was a, it was a Sabbath being built in on a larger scale. You know, obviously the, the Sabbath, uh, as we think about it and as it was practiced, um, in Jewish tradition and, and still practiced today really is, you know, that there would be one day a week where there would be a Sabbath. And then right. the year of Jubilee, um, if I am right in saying that it's once every seven years, which I think it is, it is. um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's that Sabbath being built in on a larger scale. And I think it's that Sabbath being reinforced even more than on a weekly basis, on a yearly basis, where we need, and what it, what it says is, we need that day of rest because of the fact that we are frail, we are fragile people, truly. We don't think that, but we are. But then second of all, we need that rest to reorient. I think, you know, aside from physical rest, I think a big part of all of this and a big part of, you know, the, the year of Jubilee and the Sabbath, um, and the weekly Sabbath is just that we need a day to reorient ourselves, to change our perspective back to what, to what matters. And I think that I, I truly think that God is using that, um, using all this to do that exact thing right now. Um, and I think it's different for everybody, what we're being re reoriented towards. You know, I hope that it is, no matter how that's happening, I hope that it's, that we're being reoriented back towards him. And, and ultimately that it would be, that would be him that our, our perspectives are changing about. But I think either way, what's happening is that our our minds and our perspectives are being turned from one thing towards another. And I guess the question becomes, you know, r right now, what do you feel like your, what do you feel like your orientation is being turned towards? And I know for me, it is the futility of the majority of my days. Um, you know, and, and I say that sort of, sort of seriously, sort of not seriously. When I say futility of my days, what I mean is, you know, it's been interesting to see as I look in the news or that I scroll through Facebook or whatever the case may be, I see majority of the ads being coronavirus stuff or majority of the posts right. being coronavirus. But then you, you also get those every now and again, just because they're programmed to be there, you get the ads for certain companies, you get the ads for, sure. you know, just your normal everyday stuff. And then when you see those and you see, I, the one that sticks in my mind is I saw, um, basically some sort of ad for, um, like financial advising, financial planning. And it was pretty much saying like, you know, hmm. these five stocks, if you pick these five stocks and you, you know, you'll be glad that you did. And, and it wasn't around coronavirus it was just in general like pick these five stocks and so you know I was just thinking about it I'm like most of the time I would probably click on that I would look at what it has to say and I'd be like oh man is there a possibility to you know get some gains on this and and now I just yeah. I look at that and I'm like I have zero desire to look into this I have zero desire about my 401k I have zero care in the world about where my investments are right now. And I get that maybe some people might have more of a, more of a care if they're closer to the age in which they need those. Um, but ultimately the, the amount, the level of care and just significance that those things hold right now, I don't think has ever been lower for me. Right. Yeah. No, I was actually just talking about this with a, another friend. Um, and I think for a long time, people have had a scheduling problem. And um, what I mean by that is like, honestly, like adults that are letting their kids run their lives um, with sports schedules and all those types of things, which, hey, you know, I mean, everybody has their own thing that they got to do. But I think there's been a, a huge problem where 
Um, nobody is, is spending time as a family unit anymore mm. because, you know, you got mom with, with one son running over here to this game and you got dad with, the, you know, his daughter running over here to this practice. And, you know, they're just constantly running um, five or six nights a week, you know, and I think what this has done is forced all of us back into, hey, let's let's slow down, you know, um, and let's I mean, we have to we're forced into it, you know, and I think I, I hope what's going to come out of this is people realize that, hey, we don't have to be busy all the time to be happy. Because I think people take busyness as success. And so if they're not, you know, if they, if they, cause there's times where I'll tell people, yeah, I have, I have one thing and, uh, you know, one thing that goes on during the week and that's Thursday night, it's house church. And that's, that's it. Like the rest of my nights are, are pretty much open and until sports season comes around, but then it's only one other night, you know, and most people are like, what? <laughs> you know, And they just kind of look at me like, what are you doing with your life? And, um, <laughs> You know, I look back at them. I'm like, well, I'm playing with my kids at night. I'm eating dinner around a table every single night. Like I, I'm, I'm enjoying my family, you know? And I think, um, I think people look at their busy schedule and say, this is success. You know, this is, this is living, this is getting out there. And, and it, I mean, you know, my heart on this, Josh, I think community as often as we can get it is great, but for the right motives. So I think if you're just getting your kid involved in every single sport so that they feel some level of of success, you know, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily teaching them success. I think teaching them, hey, if you're involved in one sport, if you're involved in, you know, no sports, but you're involved in these other activities, whatever you're doing, you're working your hardest at, but also giving time back to your family to, you know, those around you who you call your family. Cause I, you know, I know you have this too. I have friends that I call family because they're closer than some of my family. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think what this is doing is it's, it's causing us to reevaluate our schedules, hopefully, and really going to spend, choose to spend time with people that matter to us instead of just doing, filling our, our days with stuff, you know? Yes, yes, I I definitely think that this is revealing um <laughs> that we have a we have a scheduling problem and we have a capacity <clears throat> a capacity problem. We mm, that's good. And, and really I guess you know a lot of both of those things can can probably tie back to the whole idea of us um not being able to be still. Um because Really, I think I think the reason that we struggle with schedules, the reason that we struggle with what our capacity is, is because there's something that happens when we're still and we don't like it. We don't like to be still because when you're still, at least what I have found, and I this is from this is from um, a, really a couple years of me avoiding moments where I have to be still. Um, mm. I think for most people that know me would know that, uh, I do not like being by myself. I do not like, 
I don't love these nights where Anna's at work and where I am, you know, sitting in my living room by myself. And don't get me wrong, I I, I don't hate it. I get to, you know, watch shows and, and read and do stuff like this, like what I'm doing right now. Um, but ultimately, I, I do not like being alone. But what I found that, what I found is that I think the reason that I don't like being alone is because when I am alone, I am forced to be still in a way that I am in a way that I don't have to confront throughout the rest of my day. Because when I'm at work, I'm talking with people, I'm getting a task done, I'm, I'm doing something. But then when it's just me, I feel as though I'm, I am laid bare before not only my own eyes, but also before the Lord. I, I am every, every thought that I, that I have, I now have to confront every, every action that I've been making, I now am having the time to confront and, and, and wrestle with. Um, and then I think ultimately it, it can go back to an intimacy with God issue where if you have, if you don't have the right view of who God is, you know, you're going to, you're going to struggle with, with being still because you're, you're, you're just not going to know what to do. Um, you know, if we don't see him as a God who, who wants us to come to him, who wants us to be still while being in his presence. Like we're, we're, we're going to really struggle with that. But I think that, I think that ultimately the reason that we fill our schedules with so much stuff and the reason that we get so overloaded and burnt out is because I think at the heart of it, we're afraid of being still. I completely, I, I agree. Like I think, um, well, you know, I've been kind of on this whole be still kick for uh, about six months. Um, and I've just found so much value in, um, I call it still in silence. Um, because I think sometimes we can, we can be still, but still be pretty loud uh, in our heads. Mm. And so I try to um, actually in my like quiet time every day that I, I spend like I'll, I'll get up and I usually read scriptures and I'll journal and stuff. Um, and then I'll pray like in my head, I'll like, you know, talk to, to God. Um, but then like, it's actually taken a drastic swing to where the majority of my time now is me just trying not to say anything, which a lot of people will say, well, Joe, your, your head's already empty. So that's real easy for you. <laughs> like, you're done. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I try to, I try to silence out all those other things. And that's, that's really hard, especially in the beginning. Um, especially in times like this, where things are just like, nothing's normal right now. There's, there's nothing normal. Um, and so I, my, my brain keeps wanting to go back to, oh, and one other thing, God, here's, here's one other thing. And I, I would just, I would really urge everybody just to, just to really try to, um, well, first, it kind of it brings you back to reminding yourself that you're not the smartest person in the universe. Um, there is there is somebody that is is the smartest, and if you silence yourself, um, you may just be blessed enough to hear him speak. And when it happens, um, sometimes it's profound. Sometimes it's just calming. Sometimes it's stuff that you don't want to hear, but you know you need to. Um, but ultimately I think at the end of the day, um, what we need to do is kind of what we've both said now a few times is just slow down 
And hopefully this will be one of those times where it just kind of allows us to um, reevaluate and take stock and realize what what noise is there for a purpose and what noise is there just to be noisy and that you know that that's always a a good test of what's going on in life yeah that's that's good i i know that uh you know a couple of years ago um when when i first started uh to want to pursue a relationship with God. I remember somebody introduced the idea of uh, silent prayer to me. And I think it was my sister actually. And when she, when she first was telling me about it, I'm like, you know, it just so contradicted what I knew about, you know, what prayer was. I said, what do you mean silent prayer? Prayer is this thing where I make my requests known to God. Um, and, you know, I really had this boxed in idea of what, time with God should look like. Um, and, and so I can remember the first time that, that I did that. And and I'll be honest, I do not do nearly as good of a job of, uh, at this as I would like to, um, because I can, I, I am totally guilty of, you know, when I am, when I am worried, especially when I am having anxiety, um, bringing all these requests to God, which he isn't, you know, and, 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 you know, and, 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 and I know that, that you know this too, but it's like, God, God, God doesn't get upset that we bring those requests to him. Like he, he loves no, for us to do sure. that. But yeah, I think the peace, like we, we, when we're in those moments of anxiety and worry, we're looking for peace. Well, the peace isn't going to come from us making our requests made known to, made known to God. Like, because to be right. honest, he already, he already knows them. <laughs> he, he, he already right. knows that we're coming to them. They're, we're coming to him with them, but we don't know what he's going to say about it. That's not right. something that we know yet. And so really for us to have the peace, we have to hear what he's going to say. We have to hear what he's already said. And that just like you've mentioned is something that really only comes through being still, being silent and, and listening and not allowing our thoughts and our, even, you know, as crazy as this sounds, not allowing our prayers to get in the way of the peace that God wants to give us, you know, because I, I mean, I do believe that God, he, he wants to give us this peace. He wants to give us this shalom that can put us in a state where we do have no worries. We do have no fears, but if we're in our own heads, if we're allowing those fears and those worries that we turn into prayers to, to, uh, you know, take over, it just, it never happens. So I think everything you said, super, super important, um, in a time like this, uh, as hard as it can be super, super important. Another thought that I have had is, mm-hmm. okay, all these things that are going on in our minds right now, all these what ifs, all these, you know, how do we, how do we deal with this? What do we do with this? Let's fast forward. Let's let's hypothetically fast forward to a year from now. Mm -hmm. Where are we at now? Where are we at a year from now? You know, what, and, and obviously we don't know what the, what the end result of this whole thing is going to be. Honestly, just like we talked about at the beginning, we might still be in it. We have no idea, but let's just assume 
you know, we kind of get on the other side of this hump, literally the other side of the curve. Um, where are we at then? You know, what are the what are the dangers, I guess? Here's the question. What are the dangers of us falling back into the same exact place, same exact attitudes that we had before? Yeah, you ever seen the movie Wally? <laughs> I have seen the movie Wally. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of where I've envisioned us going for the past. Few years. Fat people sitting um, in in <laughs> robot <true>. chairs. <laughs> that's right. That's right. With screens in front of us, <laughs> yeah, nonstop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Um, but in all seriousness, um, I I do like if you look at that movie and their portrayal of adults in that. Um, they've got screens in front of their faces. They don't know how to talk to people face to face. There's one scene in there where, um, the person like video calls the person right next to them <laughs> and has a conversation through the screen. And I don't see us far off from that. I mean, it's just, I, I know that sounds like a joke, but it just seems like everybody is, um, being, becoming much more comfortable with, like the digital age, which part of me is like, yes. Um, but <laughs> there's a part of me because it does make things easier, right? It does. Yeah. Like every time I get a phone call from somebody that I have saved on my in my contacts list, there's a thought that runs through my head. Why is this person not texting? <laughs> um, right. Like I get it. But at, <laughs> but at the same time, like I do fear that, you know, we're just slowly – I'm not saying next year, but – you know, over time, we are going to start losing a lot of the social structure and social skills that we've had for thousands upon thousands of years, because it's just all going to be, you know, hey, text me, you know. Yeah, that's, that's it. So, so. Yeah, it gets to a point. But that's the pessimist part of me. <laughs> I'm right there with you. As I said, I am. I am probably and I hate that I am this way, but I feel like I am probably one of the more cynical people that I know. I typically, I, I tend to, uh, I tend to question a lot of things, um, whether, whether I voice it or not, I tend to question a lot of things. The idea that I think, I think we're getting to a point where social, social interaction and, 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 and almost any interaction at this point, it's getting to a point where I feel like we see it as like an inconvenience, like anything that is not anything that we can't respond to via our phone or via the Internet or via, um, you know, some sort of device. We kind of see that as like an inconvenience, like just like you mentioned. Um, and I know I've been there, too. Like, why is this person not texting me? Why are they calling me now? I'm going to have to answer the phone. Right. I'm going to have to talk. And right. what if I don't want to talk to this person? What if it's somebody who's <laughs> who I don't really like that's calling me, you know? Whereas with a text, hey, as long as I don't have my red receipts on, I can not respond to this dude for the rest of eternity, and nobody's ever going to know about nice. it. Um, but when when it's a face-to-face -face interaction, obviously you, you can't do that. And I think that's something that needs to needs to make us stop and, and ask the question, like, why do we feel so inconvenienced by each other, by people. Um, what is it in us that that causes us to to feel that way? Because truly, I mean, it's awful. Like, it's an awful thing that we feel that way. That we feel so so inconvenienced by somebody else's uh, request, and and even at times somebody else's presence. Um, yeah, it's just total total opposite of of Jesus, total opposite of 
the way that we're called to live, but man, so easy to, to kind of settle in there. And I think it also can make thing make the noise louder. You know, I mean, um, I think of Jesus when, when he would retreat from the crowds and go off by himself, it was to pray, you know, and now I think we think, well, we need to retreat. Let me pull out my phone and pull up whatever social media platform I can, you know, where we're not re- really retreating. We're hiding in the bushes and spying at pe- on people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really, yeah. that's really all social media. <laughs> that's <is>. true. <laughs> um, so where he would he would retreat to a, you know the woods and actually talk with the father. So, um, but I think I think that's that's one of the one of the pitfalls of of what's going on now is unfortunately I think more people have more time to be on social media instead of just spending that with with their you know loved ones in their home. Um, so I, I, I wish that that could be, you know, the, the desire of people's hearts is to spend, spend time with the humans that mm. they have in their home instead of the, the screens they have in their own. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that give, give this thing some more time. And I think mm. that that chord within everyone is going to be struck where they, as much as they feel inconvenienced by, um, social interaction and others i think we're going to reach a point where we start to to yearn for that more you know as we sit in our houses by ourselves more as we uh you know are restricted from going to some of the places that we're used to going i think that we are going to start to desire that face-to-face a little bit more i mean i even i mentioned this to you earlier today like trying to figure out ways in which that our house church can can have video chat because right now kind of all we've been doing is texting back and forth and you know using slack and to talk to each other and it's like yeah that's fine and dandy but it's only been a week imagine right eight weeks from now if it's still going on eight weeks from now we're going to want to hear each other's voices. We're going to want to see each other's faces. And I think that, you know, I, what my hope is, is that by the end of this, we, we have a much deeper, and this, I guess this is more of me speaking, um, on behalf of, uh, not on behalf of more of me speaking in regards to the church and how she gathers together. Um, I hope Mm -hmm that what this does is it causes us to not take for granted as much the time that we have together. And I hope that it causes the times that we are together, whether it be a Sunday or a Wednesday or Thursday at house church, or just a random night where we're together with people. Like I hope that it just causes us to not take those for granted as much and causes us to be able to see the the gift that it is to be able to meet together you know and and the in acts it says i think it's in acts uh, where it says do not do not give up meeting together is it in acts or is it somewhere else i don't remember sounds like one of those couple verses in acts too but could be a totally different uh could be a totally different verse but you know either way like do not give up meeting together as some have done i mean we meet together all the time as as the church, but a lot of the times you and I have talked about this. We we meet together, and it just kind of feels like bleh. It, checking it, that box exactly. It is totally. It feels like checking that box. And as somebody who, you know, occasionally teaches on a Sunday, man, you can feel that in 
a crowd. You can you can see that sure. in the faces of the people you're talking to. Now, maybe some of that is uh, maybe just the fact that uh, <laughs> maybe I'm not a very good teacher, but it, part of it <laughs> part of it I'm assuming is probably just you know. Yep, this is just something that we do. Just got to get past it, and then we yep. can go out to lunch, and you know, then we can. Yeah. What am I going to have yep. for lunch? What am I going to get the store today? Yep. Exactly. And so I, I hope that there, I hope that there's a different feel that we get whenever we're allowed to come back, and I hope it doesn't just last like a week or two. I hope it's something that that sticks yep. a little bit. Um, I hope that's true in my life too. I'm not trying to act like this is something yeah. that everybody else needs to catch up on and, you know, needs to realize as though I've already mastered it and as though I've already had this epiphany, but I just hope that we're, that that happens. Well, you know, I was actually thinking about it today because I don't, I don't know if it's canceled or not, but, um, and I don't know if it will be canceled, but I was, um, looking at the updates for secret church this year. It's supposed to be April 24th. Don't know if it's going to happen yet or not, but, um, I, w- I was sitting there thinking, man, if it can happen, what a cool time for it to be happening. Like Secret Church, for those that don't know, is this platform where um, it, it kind of reminds us that um, church isn't this open thing, this social checkbox that everybody you know goes to on Sunday morning. That way they look like they have a successful family or something. Um, in the rest of the world, there's parts of the world where people have to hide um, they're not allowed to gather together. They're not allowed to um, publicly worship together, all together. And I thought, man, what, how powerful and how strong would it be for us to come out of this time where we haven't been allowed to be together? It's for different reasons, but there's still this this disconnect where we're not allowed to be physically together right now as a church. And then to come together for something like that, um, I think it would just be really awesome to experience, um, you know, just even an ounce of what our brothers and sisters experience around the world. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, uh, I hope it's not canceled. Uh, I feel like David Platt might have more time on his hands now than ever. I don't know. I, I don't know what that dude's <laughs> got on his plate, but I know that it takes a lot, a lot of time to, to prepare for yeah. secret church. I mean, I have to imagine, to be honest, that he's like already has it done. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I know I watched a like behind the scenes thing on YouTube about it. And this was like three or four years ago. And it he has like a team of 14 people that help him prepare for that. So I'm sure they have it done. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's insane. I mean, it's <laughs> seven straight hours of him literally talking yeah. as fast as he can. <laughs> it's It's insane. So this all has definitely um, just been unique. This is uh, something that I have never experienced before and something that uh, not only I have never experienced, but honestly something that I would say the majority of people who are living right now have never experienced. I mean, the entire world is basically on a lockdown, basically, basically been shut down and brought to a halt. You know, economies are, are stopped, um, you know, businesses schools they're they're being shut down i mean it's just it's crazy crazy stuff that's happening right now um but in the midst of it as we've mentioned we believe that that there's a god who is in control of all this and so you know i think it's going to be interesting as we look back on this um whenever this podcast gets posted and really whenever we get 
on the other side of this curve that they're talking about. Whenever we get on the other side of the hump, kind of looking back and, and being able to hear what our thoughts were, being able to to listen to um, kind of where we were at, I think is is going to be something that's, that's really cool. So I hope that's what this episode uh, can be and, and will be for us. Um, and I think, I think that God's using this time. He's using what's happening. I know that for a fact. Uh, it's just a matter of how are we, how are we going to respond to it? For sure. And, uh, you know, guys, if, um, you know, if you guys have liked what you've heard today, um, interested in more, um, you know, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Um, and that way you get notified when we, when we post new stuff. Um, also we'd like to hear from you guys. Um, so, I mean, if you have thoughts on anything we talked about, um, or you have some thoughts on, or ideas on stuff you want us to, to post about, um, definitely shoot us an email. We do have an email. It's the floor Mike and Mike is M I C. So more like the floor Mick. Uh, the floor mic at gmail.com. Um, definitely, you know, shoot us some questions on anything, uh, that, that you might have. And then also, you know, if you guys have any ideas on, on stuff you want us to talk about. So, um, yeah. Cool, man. We will see y'all on the other side of the curve. 